You are listening to a fucking Spurs podcast. Brought to you by Eris Energy at Eris Texas on Facebook. Go there now. Book your appointment. coming at you we got Destin from Spurs Wave and uh, Clan the Spurs fan on YouTube and <coughs> on Facebook as well as Spurs Dynasty he drops in major Spurs fan if you're not following any of his stuff you need to be um, it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna talk about all things from our playoff scenario Luka Doncic versus Derek White um, you know the six game win streak that we're on who are we looking at in the playoffs and much, much more. It's a lot of fun. But before we get started with that, Sirenova dropped that beat. Listening to a Bucking Spurs podcast today, a very special episode. We got Destin from Spurs Wave back on the pod. Destin, we play. When do we play again? We play on Friday against New York. New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. The revenge game. The redemption song. Yes, yes, yes. We're on a six-game win streak. That win can possibly make it seven. Right now, we're sitting in what spot? The sixth spot. Uh, yeah, we're right there at the six, unless something changed today. But yeah, we were at the six. Okay, so we're enjoying this six-game win streak. Hopefully, it's seven post New York. I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, mm-hmm. And what's helping us right now, and kind of climb those those uh, those spots in the West, is that Sacramento is kind of losing a couple games, so they're like the ninth place spot is kind of distancing themselves from from the pack which is strange, yeah. usually not the case um, in the West. But this win streak has done a lot for us, both in the standings and just on the court and how we've been playing. It's been real beautiful to watch. Out of these mm-hmm. six games, what have you seen from the Spurs that have kind of helped us to kind of, as soon as we got back from that rodeo road trip, it was like we opened the gates and we finally started just playing again. I think, and and I hate to just put it on him because it's not necessarily like all on him, but Pau Gasol leaving helped quite a bit, only from the perspective of Jakob is no longer looking over his shoulder. Um, I feel like it was kind of a, a bad presence on the bench at that point. And then sometimes the Spurs were forcing Pau Gasol into the lineup, and when he got in the lineup, he... He, he wasn't he wasn't helping our newfound identity that we found earlier in the season. Now identity was like toughness, mm-hmm. and when he plays, he's more of a finesse player, and we couldn't really fit him in with the amount of gritty guys we have. Because you look at our team right now, and all of the players that's on the team, it's nothing but grit. It's nothing but uh, what's the word like castaways like yeah. Guys that shouldn't even be here. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you got Bryn Forbes. You know, he's an undersized shooting guard, and he plays tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got uh, gritty guys like Dante. You got Bertons, who's missing a finger. You got, (laughs) you know, like you got DeMar DeRozan, that that his hometown didn't want him no more. Mm -hmm. You you got, you know, Derek White, that doesn't even supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's just a team full of just tough guys. And with this team, Quincy Pondexter, who battled an illness and stuff just to to get back. 
Yeah, like how many knee injuries was it six? Oh. And like a like a year or a season or something like like it was crazy. He mm-hmm. had so many surgeries on his knee. Yeah. So you, it's just full of tough guy, Rudy Gay. Yeah, tough Rudy guy Gay. that wants a ring. Exactly. Nobody should be playing that good off a of, uh, torn Achilles and and Boogie's kind of showing us that too as well. But Rudy is again, dude, mm-hmm. dude, you hit it right on the head. We got a bunch mm-hmm. of guys out here that are gritty and appreciate their situation. Right, right, and 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 Pal Gasol, Pal Gasol leaving was 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 a big deal. It wasn't just like oh, okay, you know, because Pal Gasol sucks. It's not necessarily that. I just think that it kind of helped us gel a little better because we had a really hard time picking a lineup. And when you have a veteran like that, that dispersed respect, that is a champion, and you're paying him sixteen million, yep. and he's just sitting on the bench. That just messes up your rotation because mm-hmm. you got to play them. You got to eventually play them or let them go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, man, he's such a good guy. Didn't he like agree to give us back $2 million or something off of his deal just to, yeah, he did. just to be able to buy him out? Like who does that? Nobody does that. Yeah. Spurs players do it. Jesus, dude. I mean, he's a quality guy, dude. I love Powell. Like, I love exactly, like, I, I've, I've talked about him a lot on my podcast. As someone who used mm. to hate him, you know, when he was with the Lakers, like, I've always understood the the kind of character guy he was. And I've always thought mm. him and his brother would be would be good Spurs. But, <clears throat> yeah. But, um, you know, I agree with you. Seeing him leave um, opened up minutes. But you know what? When he was hurt, Jakob mm-hmm. wasn't even when he was hurt. He wasn't. Jakob wasn't playing a lot, and neither was Drew Ebanks. But now, since Powell left, you know, Jakob has been starting mm-hmm. more games, and Drew Ebanks is even getting some scrap minutes here in the game. Not not Chemezi, but Drew. Yeah. And those would have been Powell's minutes. And they did an interview with Drew. He's like, "Yeah, Pop just told me to uh, rebound the ball and defend." Yeah, and defend. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, that's that's very simple, and that's 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 Spurs development for you. We're not gonna, you know, throw you into the fire. We're gonna give you what you can handle and, and develop you. And Drew Banks could be a very good player. You know, obvious, obviously, yeah. we know Jakob is the next big center for us. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how much that's how high we think of him. You know, putting him in that Kawhi. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but to not get. Siakam, and uh-huh. you know we get uh, Jakob uh, Pertle. I mean, uh-huh. to me, it's like who made that choice and why. I would love to find out. You know, it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. I, I feel. I mean, me personally, I feel like the Spurs probably wanted Siakam, and they said no, we're not going to give you Siakam, but we'll give you Pertle. And they said, okay, that's fine. That's just how I think it went down. But at the same time, I think the Spurs probably went with it. Number one, because, I mean, as the season go on, you're not going to get this great deal for, for Kawhi that you want because teams know you're just getting desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, DeMar DeRozan and Jakob got a lot of chemistry already. Like, they played pretty well together with the Raptors, and DeMar DeRozan praised Jakob as soon as DeRozan got here. He praised him. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, maybe they just felt like, you know, it's a young guy. Um, I mean, he was pretty high in the draft, too, wasn't he? Wasn't he six? No, he was nine, right? Jakob? I think he was a ninth overall. Yeah, I think he was a ninth overall draft pick. Oh, wow. I, 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 that's something, you know what? I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, we can, I mean... You look it up real quick, or maybe I can yeah. try to look it up. But yeah, yeah I, but, think, I think it was the ninth. But how classy? How classy is it of the Spurs to to send Powell to Coach Bud in the East? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I heard. I actually heard earlier this season, um, but because it's, it's a guy that you know we can only give his initials called CG. Because we're under uh, with my fan page and other fan pages, we're under Wave, and they were they gave us like a few sources and 
it's a guy named CG that gives us all these sources all the time, gives us all these this news and updates and all that. Mm-hmm. For the most part, he's been right. He's been 90% right with everything. Um, and he mentioned Pau Gasol, um, them buying out Pau Gasol. And he said that it was going to happen. He didn't know when, but he said, you know, he can confirm that it was going to happen. So I was sitting there, and I was as time went on, I said maybe this is one of the ten percent things that he was wrong about. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, when they bought him out, and I saw he went to the Bucks uh, so quickly, I said, oh, that's what happened. So yeah. it it seems like the Spurs wanted to keep him, and they were going to buy him out, and they probably already talked about it earlier and before the draft. It looked like they were trying to trade him during the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, not draft. I'm sorry. During uh, the trade, the trade deadline. Before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems as if they say, you know what? As soon as we can find a home for you, then we can do it. As yeah. soon as they agree that they're going to sign you right when we drop you, then we're good. And so it, it, it it makes sense. It, yeah, it was it was a classy move, like you said. I mean, he's he's in a, a championship environment. Yeah, he's on the best team yeah. in the East. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's a big upgrade. Yeah, um, I mean, we're not an upgrade, but and it's know. up to him, right, to choose where he wants to go. But I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure before the Spurs bought him out, yeah, they were like, "Oh, Milwaukee actually wants you. They think they can use you. You could help. Whatever. Blah blah blah. The playoffs are going to mm-hmm. come in. We're going to need a lot of veteran leadership. Blah blah blah. You know, it'd be a good fit if you want because I don't think the situation is going to change here in San Antonio. And yeah. it would be great to have him off our books for next year because isn't he going to be? We still had him on contract Ooh. for another season, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It would have. It would have been rough. I, you know, when they gave him the money, it's it's like I just kept thinking about old pal. Mm-hmm. And I felt as if, okay, we don't have a center, so they're just trying to hold on to a, a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as the season went on, I said, you know what? We're not using him correctly, but at the same time, this team's mentality is so different. We can't use him like we should. I mean, because we want to use him as a stretch big, but, I mean, his his lack of defense at this point and his lack of attack and him constantly looking for calls it's like this. This isn't like the the rest of the team is, and you are on the on different wavelengths at this point. It, it was just totally different. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. It, it was the defensive end that kept him off the floor because I loved him on on the offensive side. I'm like, oh, he can he can get Demar and Demar and Lamarcus Aldridge the ball, and that's like I'll take a guy out there who that's all he wants to do is get these two guys the ball and high low game is sick and everything, you know. And but on the defensive end, he was a liability and and you know at, in the beginning of the season he talked a lot about he's gonna compete and he's here to compete and he's gonna adapt and he's gotta get better and that's why they pay him the big bucks so he can be a leader and all this stuff. And, yeah. And I really liked what he said, and and I'm like, okay, I'm all about it. You know, I'm all about paying you the big bucks for this season. Look, I we're Spurs, and that's something that we do that a lot of teams don't do. We end up paying, giving mm-hmm. you your payday at some point in your career when you're loyal to us. Like Patty Mills is on his on his on a good deal right now. You know, we've done it. Yeah, we're still paying Tim Duncan. You know what I'm saying? He's still, I think, on our yeah. official roster. So you know, we'll take care of you. And I think that's what we're trying to do with him. But I think the competitor in him wanted to play, so I I agree yeah. that, that that's a big part of this of this uh, whole turnaround in our season. If I were to look at this six game win streak and try to figure out okay, where what games stood out to me the most, there's two that come to mind. They're all good. Okay, they're all good games, and I can talk about all, I can talk about the importance of all of them. But if I was gonna pick two. It would come down to Milwaukee versus Denver. Um, mm-hmm. I think against Denver, that was a game yeah. that we caught our break. We caught a break. Like sometimes mm-hmm. that's just as like I, like man, I'm a coach and I I coach JV Dark basketball. And sometimes mm-hmm. man, you you go through a little rough patch, and all you need to do is to see one buzzer beater go in you know what i'm saying or one shot from the other team to win the game miss you know what i mean and then who you just walk you just walk off that floor and you're like 
thank God, man, we walk we walked away with this one. You know what I'm saying? We we, we snuck mm-hmm. we snuck away with this one. So sometimes, you know, and that's the way it was against Denver. Kind of seemed like okay, things are starting to go our way now because they could have they took that shot at the end. We almost blew that game, and it, that's a statement game. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that, that's our that's our playoff match if we're, matchup if we're in the seventh spot. And then Milwaukee was yeah. just a statement game. Milwaukee was a statement game, you know, and, and it was just like, oh, yeah, sure. you know, you guys are the best team in the East. We're the sixth-ranked spot in the West, and we can hang, you know. Yeah, seventh at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. If, if, I could, if I could choose a game, I don't think I could choose a game out of the, the win streak mm-hmm. because this team – has shown glimpses of this all season. Like if I had to choose yeah. uh, when things turned around and when I knew that this is a championship caliber team, it would be the last time we played the Lakers. Oh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Cause when we went up, because we went up three, one against the Lakers and in that game, we were buried and I think that was the coming out party of Jakob and uh, Davis Berton. And the bench just went alive. And they were <laughs> punching the Lakers in the face. Like for the rest of, like the whole fourth quarter, they just came in and they, they got gritty, they got nasty. And that's when we saw how good, really good Jakob is on the pick and roll and how really good he is at defense because. That that game, I think, solidified what we can be, but also solidified our toughness, like our mental toughness. Because for you to go into that game against the Lakers, and they're basically beating the bricks off you. And at that point, like it's not the Lakers we're seeing right now. At that point, people are expecting the Lakers to be in the Western Conference Finals yeah. versus the the Warriors. And for Was you to this come back, back in December, December seventh. Was it off yeah. of back-to-back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. from back-to-back, and okay. it was the second time we played them. Yeah. We lost the first time. And we we lost 113 right. to 121, and then we came back mm-hmm. and won 133 to 120. Yeah. And, and was it – didn't we go to – did we go to overtime? Um, it doesn't OT say on here. It? Let me I don't know if we went to overtime. Because I thought we had like 140-some points. But I don't know. Maybe – Okay. Well, yeah, it was that game because, mm-hmm. like, even, even you know, apart from the toughness, it felt as if we were hitting threes all over the place. And then we had that iconic picture, and I call it iconic for this season. Mm-hmm. And hopefully if we go farther and farther in the playoffs, that we're going to look back at that image of Patty Mills running up to Berton oh. and Berton screaming. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. that game was – Huge, yeah. because it showed how tough these guys are. When you have a sharpshooter, I mean that's what Bertans is—a sharpshooter mm-hmm. that that gets gritty and and willing to try to block shots, willing to try to get rebounds. You know, don't mind getting pushed around a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know how many times people have attempted to try to dunk on him just because of how he looks. <laughs> yeah. That dude is tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and 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 that alone, I think that helped. Um, L.A. and DeMar DeRozan see what type of team is around them mm-hmm. and what type of players they have around them because that just showed a lot of mental toughness. So if I had to choose a game, it had to be the, the Lakers one, the, the fourth one. Okay, dope. I like it. All right, Dustin, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. A Bucking Spurs podcast is brought to you by Eris Solar Energy. Become energy independent today. I know you're fed up, just like me, with the outrageous electric bills. These solar companies, man, the annual rates increase Texas every year. Texas goes up every year, 37% since 2004. And a terrible customer service experience is guaranteed with most energy companies. I will wait. I'll wait for two hours on hold just to find out why. My bill is so high this month, and I know I'm not the only one on that one. Save money on your electric bill in the short term and on the long term. Qualified homes can get solar in their homes with no money out of pocket. A locked-in rate for the next 20-plus years. A 30% federal tax credit towards your energy system. 
and ask about the Advocate program and get even more savings. Get solar. See how great it feels to not worry about what your electric bill is going to be next month. And instead, knowing exactly what it's going to be for the next 20-plus years, right? Go to Aris Energy on Facebook or Instagram and message them using the promo ABSP, a Bucking Spurs podcast. ABSP to get an additional discount on your solar system. Again, go to Facebook and Instagram at Aris Texas. That's E-R-U-S Texas, E-R-U-S-T-E-X-A-S to get your energy freedom today. Now... Back to the pod. Um, okay, so we had a Dallas versus Mavs sighting a few days ago, right? This is uh-huh. something that's very – this is a rivalry that runs deep with Spurs fans. And even though yeah. we're two totally different teams, right, we're not Timmy versus Dirk anymore, um, I, yeah. think it's, I think it's more fun, to, to be honest with you. Now it's, like, way less serious. Like, okay, so – we're going to play the Mavs. Okay, yeah, fuck the Mavs, right? But you know what? I kind of like the Mavs now. I'm like, you know what? They're I like Luka. Yeah. I love Luka. I'm like, Luka, Luka's my type of point guard, just a guy who can drop uh-huh. dimes. You know, that's why I love Derek White so much. And and they yeah. had and we had ourselves a game against the Mavs, and it mm-hmm. was a lot of fun to watch, if, anything, if not anything else. Yeah. You know – the thing about, like, I know a lot of, maybe it's more of a, because, you know, I'm actually not from San Antonio, so maybe it's more of a just a San Antonio thing to hate the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, uh, it is, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I never really hated the Dallas Mavericks. Like, I, I, I loved everything they were kind of about, uh-huh. but I did hate playing them. Yes. Like when we when we go against them in the playoffs, I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be a dog fight. Yes. And of course, I'm cheering for the Spurs. I'm cursing mm-hmm. out the Mavs, but. It's it's not it's not like a, a pure hatred. No, like I might have. No, it's maybe. not. It's not. You're right. You're right. It's um. Yeah. We do. We do. Um, like to hate the Mavs because, uh, Mark Cuban has come out and you know he's always talking smack about our river. Um, Jason Terry when he was there would always talk smack about us when he was there. Um, like there was just always comments made and back and forth because it was a, it was a really good rivalry. Like Dallas versus yeah. San Antonio is a whole thing for like a ten years. You know what I mean? Like just look yeah. at the playoffs and they beat us. Like we both got the best of each other throughout this decade. Right. And I, it's 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 a it's a hate, but it's a respectful hatred. It's the same thing for the Lakers and the Kobe Lakers. Like man, we fought against you guys we've we've had so many heartbreaks and then also some 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 good uh some good moments on our end against this team so it's like a mm-hmm. hatred but you you it's out of respect and i'm at yeah. this point now where i could actually think I, I think i can actually cheer for the mavs and i've never ever done that in my life but i love luca dude yeah. i'm all about luca I, I mean i've i've always liked well i like luca also and i always like dirt mm-hmm. so i it's like I can't I, – I don't necessarily, like, cheer for them or mm-hmm. ever really cheer for them, but I know what you're saying. Like, these players, especially like Luka, like, you, you want him to be successful because he's – He's a he's, phenom. Yeah, he, he's what basketball should be. He plays the right way. Yeah. And he's he's extremely, extremely talented. Uh, and he's a tough player, too. I mean, yes, you, you want to see – and the thing is, like, it seems like the NBA has been – oversaturated with young players just talking about money, thinking about money, their next brand, their next endorsement. They, like, that's all it seems like they talk about at this point, and it's not about winning. But even when Luca went against us and I saw all those free throws he, were, he was missing, he was on the bench ready to cry. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, that, that's competitive right there. That's, that's somebody that wants to compete. Because so, he is just beating himself up about it. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny another, you say that. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying because another player that you know would have just came in, um, you know, missed their free throws, and more so worried about, well, dang, that my image looked bad. But he looked as if, damn, I really wanted to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah, he has. He, he's a he's a nineteen year old like six year professional basketball player. However, however yeah. that math works, I have no idea. And I like how right. they do things over there in uh, overseas with their d- development. But um, because mm-hmm. you can tell, dude, this guy's just a vet. 
he's not a rookie. He's a vet. He's only 19. He has a body of, right. a, of a professional athlete already. I mean, he's he's kind of out of shape, but he's a little bit chubby. But I think at 19, it's okay because he's got to be able to bang with these guys at this level. So it's not it's not mm-hmm. a terrible thing. He's not going to go dunk on anyone anyway, even though he, he can, but he won't. Um, right. So I'm watching this game, and it's funny that you mentioned the competitive nature of, of – of Luca because I'm watching this game and it was I played I paid really close attention to the Derek White versus uh, uh, Luca like every time they kind of went at each other and and when they made each yeah. other lo- look bad and and Derek White had the better game he had 23 points seven assists and three rebounds Luca finished with Ooh. 12 points seven assists and six rebounds so they both got seven dimes on the night. Um, but you you need to you need to mention one thing though. What's that? I I think Luca had what nine turnovers. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even look at the turnovers. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he did for sure. Yeah, and yeah. You know, and you know what? <laughs> he scored twelve points, and every time he scored on Derek White, if you go back and look mm-hmm. at it, Derek White just. He gets so pissed off that he got scored on. He like you know like clinches both of his fists and like kind of like brings them downwards and and he's like right. fuck you know you just know he's like fuck you know what I mean like shit yeah. like man I don't want this guy to score on me because Derek White is a sophomore and this guy's a freshman a rookie mm-hmm. <laughs> and to to be honest I'm thinking I'm sitting here thinking like okay the Texas Triangle point guards is actually really good like. You got Chris uh-huh. Paul, who's going to, only going to be good for you know a few more years, but he is Chris Paul. And then you have right. uh, Derek White, who next year that might be Dejounte, which is another question I want to ask you about those two. Um, in a little I like bit, that. yeah. And then you got Luca in Dallas. I'm like, holy shit, man! Those are that's those are good guards, man. It's no joke. Yeah, it's no joke. Yeah. And one thing, one thing that you mentioned about Derek White, as far as how upset he gets when it comes to, like, playing or, you know, someone scoring on him or he just messes up on offense. Mm-hmm. I think my my thing with Derek White, and it's – you know how much I love Derek White. Like, I've praised him since last season when he was getting garbage time. I was mm-hmm. like, he should play. And a lot of people were saying, man, how you going <laughs> to talk about him playing? You know, he's, he's not even that good. And it's like, whatever. I've been saying it forever that yeah. he should play. Yeah, we've been on the but, we've been on the Derek White train for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hard okay, to see. so but but my one complaint, and it's mm-hmm. a good complaint mm-hmm. about Derek White, mm-hmm. I think he beats himself up too much. Uh-huh. I, I think I think that when he does that, because you know, it looks like he's so upset and it's like, Yeah, I know you're upset, but your skill level is above even a lot of people on your own team. Yep. And you even and and even though and they like know even it. though yeah, and even though he's, you know, twenty four, this is his first time really starting, mm-hmm. I feel as if he could be more of a verbal leader and show that greediness for his teammates because I think sometimes it becomes more of a personal thing like, dang, I'm you know, I let I let you guys down or dang, yeah. I let myself down. Yep. When he really should just be like, you know, all right, I messed up. All right, I'm gonna get him next time. Yeah. And use that 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 emotion that he used when he is upset, and use it when you dunk on somebody. Yeah. You know, p- pump up your other your other teammates. I know it's yeah. not necessarily like just the Spurs way, and I know he's a certain type of a person, mm-hmm. and he don't need to get out of that. But I do believe that he gets a little too upset when mm-hmm. things don't don't go his way. And, and he he don't need to necessarily beat himself up about it. Yeah, I agree. And it's 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 kind of it's really easy to forget. It's like he's just a sophomore. This is his first year. And like you said, I know you said that in the beginning yeah. of your of your <clears throat> statement. But like like he's got so it, to me, it's encouraging. I'm like, you know what? I'm this is this is all part of the process to be young, mm-hmm. a little bit young, a little bit reckless, a little bit. You know, like Tony Parker, you know, when his rookie sophomore year was given the keys and and he made a lot of mistakes, you know, he made a lot of mistakes and but he learned from it. I think Derek White's going to take that curve, too. But this goes back to my question that I was going to ask you. Obviously, the answer is they both play. DeJounte Murray and Derek White both start. Right. That's that's obvious. Bryn can can go to the bench. Right. That's fine. Yeah. 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 
But to me, it's the real question is who plays off the ball? And I want to I want to know your take on who you think should be the primary ball handler and who should be the guy who who runs the lane, because I know it's Spurs basketball and almost everyone can bring it up. Marco can bring it up. Patty can bring it up. Um, Davis can bring it up. Rudy can bring it up. I know this guy, but th- but when it comes down when it comes down to kind of getting the ball down in a half court, um, okay, we came down in transition, and um, mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't get anything. So now we kind of got to get into that secondary break, maybe run a set or whatever. Yeah. Someone someone's gonna be carrying that load more than the other person, right? There's gonna be a natural point guard somewhere. Just like Tony Parker and George Hill, Tony Parker was still the point guard, you know, even though they played together a lot and started a lot of games together. I, I'm wondering on who you think is going to be the PG and who's going to be the guy that kind of, you know, takes that shooting guard spot. I, I'm i not playing hindsight when I say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's almost or it should be pretty obvious that Derek White is just a better point guard. My my only thing that I'm worried about with Murray is if he has a jump shot because ever since he was named the point guard, mm-hmm. I've never thought that he was a Spurs point guard. Just, it's, it's so many plays. There's so many things that you have to see. There's so many. Um, it's, it's it's a it's a mind game when you're the Spurs point guard because Popovich is a genius yeah. and, and a lot of the. A lot of the plays that they run is not simple, and sometimes the right play is not passing the ball, and it's it's kind of hard to tell, and it's always a big deal when you're a point guard of the San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. because you have to run things nearly perfectly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the great thing about Derek White isn't just necessarily necessarily that he can you know run the offense and he can pass the ball he has pinpoint passes it's not even necessarily that it's some of the things that he just don't do yeah. there's certain times there's certain times where, <laughs> like that there's, yeah. yeah there's and there's certain times where someone looks open and he's like no i'm not gonna pass that there's certain times where he could just attack right here and he's like no 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 i'm gonna get somebody else involved mm-hmm. because he's he's the perfect he's my favorite type of point guard he is an opportunist point guard where if you show him something long enough, he can attack you. He doesn't mind taking over the game, but he would much rather other guys around him take over the game because that's what a point guard is. When it comes to DeJounte Murray, he's more of a, I'm going to attack first, which is fine. Attack first is fine. And he's a, he's a lockdown defender, you know, like Derek White. But at the same time, I would much rather – DeJounte Murray have a jump shot, if he can get a you know, a jump shot going, then he's deadly and he could be moved to shooting guard. Mm-hmm. And the scary part about this whole situation to me is a lot of I mean, I don't want to get into his personal stuff, but a lot of things that he's doing right now as far as, you know, you know, constantly breaking up with his girlfriend and putting all that out there and constantly, you know, showing a lot of things that's not basketball related. And, you know, it, it, it seems like it's a lot of stardom, which is fun because Tony Parker was kind of the same way. You don't have to be like a Tim Duncan to be a spur. Yeah. Like there's plenty of personalities that, that are spurs. But when it comes to him, I'm, I'm afraid that, yes, say he, he does have to be moved to the bench which I feel like would be great too because he would be an awesome bench point guard coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah. But if he did if he did that, I don't know how comfortable or if he would be okay with that. And I don't know how long he would be okay with that. Yeah. It's... Go ahead. Yeah, so it, I, just, I just think it all depends on whether or not DeJounte Murray has a jump shot by, by next season. And That's it, what I'm worried about. And in the beginning of this season, in the preseason games, the ones that he did play, he did look like he was looking to hit that mid-range jumper. Uh, right. He was looking. He was seeking it out, you know. And and I was really happy about that too. I'm like, great. That's what we need, you know. If we're gonna go high mm-hmm. low, we need a guy who can can catch off of the kick out from Lamarcus or whoever's posting up and hit hit yeah. that jumper, you know. And right. 
and that's great. But then, you know, everything happened. It is what it is. And Derek White is a star. You know what I mean? Like, like he's a bona fide star, and it's only a matter of time. You can't tell me that he's not when he can take no. Kyrie Irving he can and, and, and take it to Kyrie Irving, take it to Russell Westbrook, take care of a rookie point guard like Luka, because Derek White dominated Luka. It wasn't even it wasn't even a contest. If you go back and look at the way they kind of went at each other, that's why I think Derek yeah. was so was so upset because he had his number all night. You know, he had his number <coughs> he had yeah. his number all night. So I'm thinking we play so much better with the ball in Derek White's hands. We play better with the ball in his hands from what I've seen this season compared to everything that I've seen from DeJounte Murray and before he got right. hurt. You know? So I'm thinking Okay, Pop wants defense. Defense is always first, no matter what. We don't um, we don't uh, budge when it comes to what we demand on that end of the floor. And so, right. if if I want to think about playing them together, if I'm thinking now about that side of the floor, I'm thinking I might have one of the best, the the top defensive backcourts in the West. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking. If, if if DeJounte comes back hurt uh healthy, and that's a very yeah. important if because mm-hmm. playing defense is not easy and you know, no. it takes time to come off a knee injury and, and feel confident in your body enough to compete at this level. You know? So yeah. that's something that we're gonna have to f- try to figure out. And I and I don't wanna be a I don't wanna be a fanboy when it comes to uh, Derek White, and when we compare Derek White and Jonte Murray, um, but it's it's just so different. It's the things that Derek White does, and I said this last season when he was getting you know no minutes, and I said the type of guy that he is, he's more methodical mm-hmm. when he breaks you down. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna last longer in, in, in series when you can be methodical with how you attack people or how you how sneaky you can be. Because they're not gonna they're never gonna see you coming. And the way that he plays is perfect. I mean for for a point guard. He's a two way playmaker and he mm-hmm. plays perfectly. And I feel like he's more of a ten and ten guy as far as ten points, ten assists. Yeah. And I feel like DeJounte Murray is a ten and ten guy, but points and rebounds. Yeah. And I would and I would much rather the the guy that can give him the most assists, you know, be my point guard than DeJounte Murray. Because another thing we're not mentioning either is DeJounte Murray was awesome last season. Like there's no doubt about that. Yeah, second team all NBA defense is not right. You know, that's big. Yeah, yeah. But one another thing that we're not mentioning though. We we didn't really have a playmaker at all last season. I mean, maybe Kyle Anderson kind of, uh-huh. but we didn't really have one. That's true. This se- this season, we found two. We found yep. DeMar DeRozan and Derek White. Mm-hmm. So with those two, I mean, you go into next season, I'm trying to think in my mind, how does DeJounte Murray fit? And the only way I can see how he fits is, yes, we love defense. So defense and we're good, but does he have a jump shot? Mm-hmm. Preferably a three-point shot, even maybe a corner three-point yeah. shot. If he has that, if he can be a, a like more of a spot-up shooter, you know, attack, pick his poison type player, we're sick, like real sick. And yeah. as the game goes on, you know, and White is sitting on the bench and Murray's out there, then he can run the offense. Maybe you can do something like that. That's the only reason why in my mind I was thinking that maybe Murray coming off the bench would be better. And, and when people hear that, when Spurs fans hear that, they automatically think, oh, my God, how could you say that? But no. I mean, Mono Ginobili came off the bench. Yeah, you know? no, it's it's not impossible to fathom that that would be an option, especially even even if it's if you're thinking long term, even if it's just for yeah. next season. Like, okay, because <clears throat> realistically, Derek White and DeJounte Murray are, are, are only – two point guards we have Bryn yeah. and patty who are combo shooting guards george hill-esque type of player mm-hmm. they're not going to initiate or run any offense for us and if they do they'll, they'll they'll do it well but not they're not true point guards who can do it at that level so 
you know, those two guys, either one's got to be on the floor and one's going to come off the bench or they both got to play together and Bryn takes that kind of playmaking off the bench role. I don't know, either way, but I like what you said about DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about DeMar DeRozan in uh, okay. the game against Dallas. There's something okay. that's that you probably don't even realize when you're watching the game, but how huge it is to our team. And it kind of goes to the fa- the point that you stated about him being a playmaker and being so yeah. unselfish. And that's something that we did not have at all last year. And we kind of have a, in abundance this year, not only because of <laughs> Derek White and DeMar, but, you know, Marco's uh-huh. back. He kind of, you know, provides that. 2014 ball movement you know it's 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 here again in flashes and it's between Bertans and and you know these guys they just kind of find the open shooter but DeMar DeRozan did not score or even look to score until eight minutes left in the like in the first quarter so he let four minutes go by in the first and and they would run sets for him they would run sets for him to post them up on the block or whatever he turned the block and kick out to an open shooter and that's something that not you know he's averaging six point six assists a game or something like that, and we're used to our main guy Kawhi you know only averaging one point you know four assists you know he's not a playmaking guy he can put the ball in the hole, but yeah but De- but for Demar to be like okay look we're coming out Derek White hit his first shot Bryn hit his first shot um Lamarcus Aldridge hit his first shot you know or something like that you know and then he he went to Derek again then he went to to Bryn again then he went to Lamarcus again you know for like the first like he didn't even look to score until like the seventh or eighth possession in the game you know what I'm saying and to have a guy like that really is something that we gotta not take for granted to be honest because we, we lose Manu's playmaking and Manu's playmaking is is one in a million you know it's 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 second to none in my eyes right and and these i just i just wanted to mention that you know that's just the type of player he hey. is and we're better for it one thing one thing about uh demar Derozan, i think the best thing that could have happened to him and i mean it, it hurt when it happened but mm-hmm. the best thing that could have happened to him was losing against toronto in the fashion in which he lost to toronto because I think personally that DeMar DeRozan, he played well for us. I, you know, for a lot of the season, and he was kind of off and disengaged in defense. And, and But when it came up to that Toronto game, it really irritated me that he really came to play for that game because the games prior to that, he didn't. Yeah. You know, after the first Toronto game, he kind of disappeared. And and I'm not just saying like okay offensively disappeared. I mean he he did not play defense. And when he went against Toronto, he was engaged again. So I think that him losing the way he did against Toronto, I think it helped give him even more of a chip on his shoulder, and it puts things more in perspective because I think that he was too focused on Toronto. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and it puts things in perspective. And it's Where, easy to understand why, right? Like, it's like we get it. You know, they, they yeah. did the whole – it was the whole welcome home party, you know, um, yeah. type deal. But with a little bit of shade on it, you know what I mean? It's like – it's not like, yeah. a, okay, y'all are throwing me a party because y'all traded my ass. You know what I mean? So it was it was yeah. a little bittersweet for him, and it was a very emotional it, night. And, it, <laughs> and, it, and it seems as if – what am I trying to say? It's, it's like he went into the game – and he puts so much just just heart into it. And he's not – I don't think he was looking at the big picture because you beating Toronto in this game doesn't mean anything because if you beat them in this game, yeah, okay. Personally, you might be like, yeah, I showed them. Toronto ain't worried about you. Toronto got rid of you to win a championship. So you should be focused – on winning the championship if you want to get them back. Get to the finals, yeah. and then they'll sit back like, well, damn, he could get to the finals. I guess we just suck. Yeah. But that one game meant nothing. Yeah. No, I that agree. meant nothing. I agree. Yeah, okay. so I think ever since then he, he's played, even against the Knicks right after that, he, he went hard. He played great defense. He played great offensively. Even though we lost that game, I don't think people really noticed his aggression because of the loss. 
but yeah. he, he came alive after that. Yeah, it, it, that's that's it lighted a spark. It lighted the yeah. fire that was gonna, you know, spark the resistance yep. or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Jakob Pertle, uh, but we kind of already did. Um, but we can yeah. talk on we can talk on him a little bit if you want. Sure, sure. All right, cool. So like this is this is a very interesting prospect to me. Like like the potential and what I can see come out of this kid. It's sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like it's there is no ceiling. You know, the ceiling is the yeah. roof, right? Michael Jordan, shit like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> then there's some times where I'm just like, this guy can't even play. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's real. With, like y- with Jakob? Yes. Sometimes I'm like, wow. He's, he's a good, he's a good ball screener and yeah. he can roll, but I'm like, what's our plus minus with him on and off the floor? And you know, like, that's something that I want to know. Yeah. Like, are we better with him on the floor or not? Cause I think what he's, <laughs> what, what, like, what we can do with him in time, uh-huh. I feel is DeAndre Jordan esque. You know what I mean? He can be yeah, that type yeah, of yeah. pick and roller, and Derek White can throw him the lob because he'll if he's open, he can get it to him. But yeah, that's like all in time, I guess. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think with Jakob, I I think he's a huge complement to everything that's going on with the team. I think that not necessarily that he's the well, he kind of is. It's kind of a centerpiece mm-hmm. to the entire mentality that the Spurs have now like mm-hmm. the the way that he plays is very simple and he can finish around the basket he can hit, hit a hook shot on you mm-hmm. but we don't go to him for that and I think that by him taking on that center position and playing defense the way he's playing and rebounding and getting second chance points often and you got and when you get second chance points you got three-point shooters out there it, it's it's over for you. Like yeah. you're just not going to beat that team. Yep. And I I think that when he can move L.A. back to his power forward position, mm-hmm. and he has Demar Derozan out there that loves playing with him, that can give those hard screens and get open. I think he's just more of a compliment. I'm not really yeah. expecting him to be, you know, the, you know, I don't want to say Tim Duncan, but we haven't had a lot of just great big men. But yeah. you know, I'm not. I'm not I'm not expecting him to be he'll, a go-to guy yeah, he'll never, by any means. We're, we're never going to really feed him on the block. You know, maybe like he'll get he'll get like two or three of those touches a game maybe while he's in there. But for the majority of the part, he does his job. He does it well. He does his job very well. I'm just th- I'm just saying like we could have had Pascal Siakam. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. And, he, and, Siakam, and he might be an all-star, you know. Siakam, Siakam is amazing. But mm-hmm. I'll say this. How about this? Think Think about this. We got Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. Now, is Jakob Pertl the best center that we've had since David Robinson? Destin. Yeah. You, I, I, I love I love where, you, where your head's at. Watch. Check this out. One of my yeah. first podcasts that I did on this channel, I started doing this last offseason, so it was during the whole Kawhi mess. But when when the trade happened and we got him and I did a lot of research on him, I asked the very same question. Well, I asked – Really? I said, I said, Jakob, to me, is hands down the most athletic big man that we've had since David Robinson – uh-huh. We, we haven't had one that can then that so young and full of uh, athleticism, and that can do probably what this guy can do since Dave Robinson. I mean, who have we had? You know, you can just go down the line and and pick um, Timmy's sidekick guy, and they're never that athletic. They're good passers. No. You know what I mean? They're they're Tiago Splitter. They're Boris Diaw. They're Rasha Nesterovic. There's Antonio McDice. There's Dewan Blair. Mm-hmm. You know, they're those guys. Um, but Jakob, yep. Jakob has the potential to be yeah our best center you know i yeah. mean I, I would say yes dude he has a potential he has yeah. definitely the potential to get there yeah i, I mean i because at first i was thinking that maybe pal gasol was but then i was like you know no pal gasol is kind of a shell of him himself mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking back early pal gasol not the pal gasol we end up getting yeah so when it comes to our centers i'm like you know what I he's 
he's one of the best. And you see what Popovich can do when he gets an athletic center. Yeah. When he can get a tough center. I mean, because I get, honestly, as a Spurs fan, I get kind of fucking tired of seeing people just score in the paint all the time. Yeah. I get tired of you just going at our big man and we're not hurting you or making you, like, pay for that. See, and I'm glad, point guards. I'm glad you said it. that. I'm glad you said that because as we're having this discussion, I'm I'm thinking yeah. why are we starting him right now versus starting Rudy Gay or starting um, – you know, Bertans or, or, or someone else, you know, we have options kind of at that, you know, so, and I'm thinking, oh, I know why it's because nobody can guard on our team except for (laughs) Derek White. And we keep getting beat off the dang dribble. And now with Jakub there, when we get beat off off the dribble, he's there to bail us out. He's right there. Mm -hmm. He's right there. He's right there for defense. He's right there for rebounds. And another thing too is, I don't want Rudy, and usually I wouldn't say this because usually I'm like the guy that just says, you know, your best players play no matter what. But in this situation, I, I I don't want Rudy starting because he's had so many knickknack injuries. That's number one, mm-hmm. and number two, L.A. is not comfortable with power forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, at center, he's he's more comfortable with power forward. Mm-hmm. And Jakob, throughout this entire season, I've been saying that the problem with the Spurs. They don't have an identity. They they have all these tough guys, but then they play so soft. They have all these 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 tough guys that they can play, but you know they choose to just shoot a lot of three pointers, and those don't go in. And they and then they get the mentality, well, well, you know we can we can get them in the fourth. Fourth comes and your shot's still not hitting, and then you lose. And with Jakob out there, teams got to be mindful. You can't just come in there and just shoot on everybody. And now the only person you can really attack on our offense, and we have such great team defense at this point, but the only person you can attack individually is Brandon Forbes. Me personally, I would rather – I know this kind of off base a little bit, but I would rather Dante Cunningham start just so we can complete the whole, like, defensive – so we can fill the needs, you know, like 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 each each team. You don't put five scores on the on the floor, you know, Boston, right? That's why it's it's yeah. they're still trying to figure it out. You got to have your one yeah. two scores, your playmaker, the guy who's going to make the extra pass, and the guy and the guy who's down to do the dirty work. You know what I mean? You got to have those guys. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. and I agree, dude. We we had we had that stretch, uh, pre All Star break, where Dante Cunningham started like ten games for us. You know, like there was that that one stretch, mm-hmm. and, and we we competed. Dante Cunningham, he's old, and he's not what he used to be, but he can still guard. You know, he can still have his game. Like like I was looking at the roster, right? And and we can take this we can take this uh, discussion, roll it into, we'll segue it into our playoff. You know, you know, expectation discussion, and and I and I'm looking at our perfect. roster. Yeah, we only have I think maybe. 10 guys that are going to play in the playoffs. Okay, so you have the your starting five and then you have right. Brent uh sorry, Patty, Marco, mm-hmm. Davis, Bertans, Rudy Gay, that's 9, right? Okay. And then you yeah. have um Don uh Dante, I think Dante Cunningham's going to play. I think he's he's going to get minutes in the playoffs yeah. just just to guard, just to guard. Yeah, I too. And I'm thinking just because of what we've seen lately, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Drew E. Banks come in and there come in here and there. Um and I'm not just talking about blowout minutes. I think he might come mm-hmm. in at the end of the first quarter to to give somebody a break, you know, or in the beginning or mid third quarter to give somebody a break, you know, something like that. I feel like Coach Pop trusts him. He trusts Drew. Yeah. And and that's huge. So I mean, if you look at our team, that's who we got. That's it. You know, Quincy's not gonna play. Lonnie Walker's not gonna play. Even though I would, I would really, I would really like to see it, but he's not gonna yeah, play. Yeah, he's not gonna play. Yeah. So, no, not. <clears throat> so with that that team going into the playoffs, we're sitting at the sixth seed right now. And the what I had, when I had sent you kind of what I wanted to talk about earlier was kind of okay. Even though we know the the likelihood of it happening is is shrinking game by game but if we end up in that eighth spot end up having to play the warriors in the first round 
I guess, right. I guess just, you know, really quick. And, and then to, I, I want to know kind of what you think about that, but then more, but more, I want to know where you want us to finish, um, in the, in the playoff seating, um, uh, as we, uh, draw near to that day. So what do you think? Okay. Okay. Well, all right. As far as our starting lineup, another reason why I say Dante starts mm-hmm. and take Brent Forbes out mm-hmm. is because when you go against a, this thing, if you go against a Golden State Warriors first round, more than likely you're not going to be able to outscore them. If you try to outscore them, yeah. it's just not going to work. And they have decent defenders. It's not like Steph can't guard. It's not like Clay can't guard. It's not like Draymond can't guard. They can slow down Bryn Forbes. I just feel like they can. And I think mm-hmm. on – the defensive end, he's going to be a liability because who does he guard at that point? Yeah, I mean, he, they, they can shoot over him. They're, they're the best three-point shooting team. I mean, Steph Curry might be the best three-point shooter ever. Clay could very well be the second. Yeah. And Kevin Durant could be maybe the best small forward uh, shooter of all time. So it's like you got three of some of the best shooters ever, and he's going to have to guard one of them eventually. And I just feel like it's not going to be enough. And on offense, he's going to be irrelevant versus that starting lineup. But if you put Dante in there, Dante can kind of hold his own a little bit. You can put Dante on maybe Steph or put Dante on Clay, and he can hold his own. And from there, I'm like, okay, yes, wear them down. Force Steve Kerr to take one of his guys out because somebody's going to have to come out. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, start putting in our bench players, and we can light them up because our bench is better than theirs. Yeah. So, yes, it is. Yes, yeah, it so is. I just feel like eventually I don't think Brent Forbes is going to be able to continue to start, and I don't want it to be too late. I don't want us to lose a game in the playoffs because they're, they're so valuable. Yeah. And, and you know, and then we, we end up just screwing that away. So that's just how I see it um, as far as where do I want us to end. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly – I'm not afraid of anybody. Yeah. The only team, the only team that scares the hell out of me, are the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> because, because, but I mean it like this. Like I'm not even saying it like, oh, I'm being cocky. No, I'm saying it like this. No, I know the what reason, you mean. I know exactly. Yeah, you know what, what I'm mean. saying. If you've seen us play this year, you should be able to understand that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's like. I'm not afraid of anybody that the Spurs have to face first round, even the Warriors at this point, because I know that they're just one argument from self-destruction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got Steve Kerr saying, oh, my God, I fucking hate Draymond. You got Draymond calling Kevin Durant a bitch. You got <laughs> Boogie just ready to be suspended. It's like, man, the only ones that's even killing that team, whether it's the starters, is Curry and, and Clay. Yeah. But everyone else, it's just it's a it's a, it's a bomb. It's, it's a fire getting ready yeah. to start. Yeah. So I'm not worried about them. I feel like you can beat them. Mm-hmm. You can, it, but it, I it am worried like setup. about our Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Be yeah. consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care where we. I don't care where we end up because. Yeah. But you you you're gonna have to be consistent. And at this point, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said I felt like the Spurs could be second seed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, I don't see that happening. And at this point, no matter what, in the second, third round, wherever, they're not going to have home court advantage. They're just not. So you're going to have to – well, the first first round, you're definitely not going to have it. Yeah. You're, just not, you're probably just not going to have it. Yeah, <laughs> we won't. I mean, unless, like, something crazy happens, like where the Clippers beat – uh, whoever they're playing or whoever's below uh-huh. us, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the only way. It's, it's very unlikely. Yeah. So, you you're just gonna have to play hard, be consistent, and that's the only thing that scares me about this team because I feel like sometimes they underestimate their opponent, or sometimes they they I don't know they they just get kind of well, arrogant. We kinda. suffer. Like, no, you know, we it's, can it's, shoot. It's, it's not that hard. Like, we suffer from the symptom of play to the level of your competition is what we suffer from. Right. You know, we can beat Boston and Oklahoma City, Denver, 
in the same week, you know, we can lose to New York and <coughs> Phoenix can give us an overtime game, you know, or something like that, you know. Right. So so yeah. that's that's something that championship championship teams don't do. Championship right. teams don't do that. And we've done that all season. And but I mean, it's it's the NBA. It's a long season. Teams have to adjust, you know, players go down, injuries happen, trades happen, you know, issues happen in the locker room, whatever. It's 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 not the NFL, you know, where you got 16 games or 18, whatever it is. Um, so ups and downs are going to happen, but that one worries me. The one that you're talking about worries me. I, I got two. I got two positives for us. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, we have 29 losses, right? Here. And the Warriors have what twenty two, twenty one. The, the Warriors have like twenty one, and yeah. we have twenty nine. Yeah, so they only have eight less losses. Mm-hmm. So the championship team only has eight less losses. That yeah. shows that we can win it, win it all. And number two is the second positive thing mm-hmm. is that what you said. You said that we play to our competition. Yeah. Well. Newsflash for everybody out there, when we go against anybody in the playoffs, they're going to be a good team. So the Spurs, <laughs> if they just play to their competition, they'll be fine. Yeah. So, we'll so games. Yeah, so it's not like we go into the playoffs and we got to play the Phoenix Suns. You know, No, you're going to be playing the the Thunder of the world, the the Rockets, the, the Warriors, yeah. and they're not going to lay down to those teams. That's what I'm hoping. So. Yeah, and, well, no, I, this year we won't. I mean, the past two years it's been we were missing our our second guy in Kawhi. Right, you know, true. Zaza happened, and then, yeah. you know, then Kawhi, Kawhi happened. Then Kawhi happened, you know, and so this <laughs> year, yeah, this year we'll go into a playoff series with one all-star and a guy who should have been an all-star. Right. Mm-hmm. And another positive, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing out all kinds of positives. Mm-hmm. Even though I I don't believe Steph Curry played last season, but screw that. Mm-hmm. We won a game against them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good that yeah. we even went to five with them with no, no pieces that we had, and we were the eighth seed. Oh, what yeah. was the eighth seed? I think we're the yeah. seventh. We're the seventh seed because I think the Rockets they 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 Rocket, took right. the West. Yep, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so, you know, I, I'm not afraid of the Warriors. Do I want to play them first round? Not really. I mean, I, I'd rather kind of warm up to that, and hopefully if we get to the Warriors, then, you know, a couple of their players are already suspended or they're already in turmoil because they're just waiting to blow up. Like, yeah. they, they're just waiting. It's it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I, like, I, I'm okay playing OKC right now. I think we have OKC's number. So far this right. season, I mean, we I think we're two and two against them, or or uh, two and one, something something like that. So if we were to get past Denver, then we're looking at playing the Rockets or the Trailblazers, and and honestly, it, yeah, I don't want to play OKC. It's, it's not that I'm afraid of them. Mm-hmm. It's just that is going to be a drawn out. That's a tough series. series. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be drawn out. It, it, it'll go to seven. It's just, too, it's just gonna be so tough. Yeah. It's not saying that we can't beat them. Of course, we're. I think overall we're a better team than OKC, but they're just so damn athletic, athletic yeah. and just n- nasty. And it, it's gonna be tough. It's so, gonna be a tough so, series, and I just feel like it'll go too long. So what I'll do is I'll send Pop the email like, "Hey, I know we didn't want to be in the eight seed, but hey, stop winning so many games because yeah. we're we're happy here at seven. <laughs> we just yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven. just lose a few. Yeah, just lose a few. <laughs> let's 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 take on a young Denver team and and uh, get ready for that uh, second round. I don't want to test their ass. Like I know a lot of fans are saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's take on Denver. I was like, I don't want to test their ass I, because yeah. another thing too is that we're not really thinking about when it comes to Denver, man that altitude like oh, you're yeah. gonna their home court advantage it's hard you know how many free throws that we missed against them yeah when we were in denver yeah actually like when we played them in the first round in 2007 when they had ai uh-huh. ai and mellow uh, uh I, I was there at that game at that first game we lost <laughs> we lost at home wait, wait, it was at it? home it wasn't on the road oh, it, was it was at home, home. Oh, yeah okay, but, okay. but we lost to them and then we ended up, I think, winning four in a row, 
and then we oh. won championship that year. I don't know if we if we drop one in Denver. I don't think so. But you know who played really good in Denver? Manu. Manu played Manu really good in Denver. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. that's true. And everyone's kind of everybody wants the Nuggets cuz they're young and inexperienced. And I think that's true. I think right now the Nuggets are the pre-Warrior Warriors and the pre-Oklahoma City Thunder that when they were just young Kevin Durant, James yeah. Harden, Russell, like going to the playoffs, getting knocked out for like three straight years in the first round, you know, taking their bumps, and then like in that fourth, fifth try, and they kind of separate themselves as one of the top teams. They got a growing up right. to do. They got growing up to do. But um, we'll take we'll take advantage of that if we can. Well, all right, man, that's gonna do it for us, man. I kept you here a lot longer than I wanted to keep you, but I really appreciate you coming on, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was fun. Cool man. Hey, where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, you find me on Instagram at Spurs Wave. That is Spurs S P U R S, of course, and Wave W A V E. And you can find me on uh, YouTube, and it's Clam the Spurs Fan. And on there, I give so much Spurs commentary almost after every game. So. Yeah, yeah. So that's clan. No, I've seen I've seen a lot of your videos, man. And honestly, everyone always says it. There's not enough Spurs content on YouTube, and yeah, and so the more the merrier, dude. So yeah, if you're not checking out his YouTube channel, you can again. That's Clan the Spurs fan on YouTube at Spurs Wave on Instagram, and you're on Facebook too, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, it will be at Yo Spurs Dynasty. At Yo Spurs Dynasty. All right, so appreciate it, uh, Destin. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, no problem. Big shout out to Destin for dropping in for over an hour. Just want to remind you guys to follow us on Instagram at a Bucking Spurs podcast, iTunes, Spotify, share the love, go Spurs, go. Thank you to Eris Energy for sponsoring this podcast. Again, if you are in the Rio Grande Valley, Corpus, Laredo, uh, El Paso, San Antonio area, and you want to get energy independent, go to at Texas on Facebook.com. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Go Spurs, go.